Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Welcome to episode number five, and you're in for a treat today because I'm joined by Suze Chadwick, who is a business coach and brand consultant. And Suze, I've got to know uh, over the last few years, and she's a total cheerleader of others in business, super supportive, super positive, and leader of her own community inside the Brand Builders Academy, and also the host of her own podcast called The Brand Builders Lab. So go and check Suze out. And today we're going to be speaking about how Sue's got her start and what exactly it was that she put her mortgage on the line for in the early days of her business, how to actually get past the fear of what other people think. And Sue's is sharing all her tips here, along with figuring out which advice to actually listen to when you're receiving all sorts of opinions, when you're getting started and growing your business. Also, the important question to ask when things don't work out and how to flip that around and the realities of running events and filling them and what Suze is doing now in her business. Plus, I think you're going to love this, hearing how Suze is going about getting her book published and why it's something that we can all learn a lot from. So I know you're going to love hearing from Suze, but just before we get into it, I do want to say a huge, huge thank you to more of you amazing people that have left me a written review on the podcast. It means so much, but also does help the podcast get found because of of those algorithms that happen in the podcast app, just like on Instagram. So I want to say a huge thank you, first of all, to Angela from Harmonia at Home. And I have the pleasure of working with Angela inside my Instagram marketing community, the Modern Marketing Collective. And Ange is just the loveliest lady you've ever met. And Ange is an interior product and events stylist based out of Sydney. So if you need any help with that side of things, do check her out on Instagram, Harmonia at Home. And um yeah, like I said, Angie's just so, so lovely. Also, Bridget Murphy, an absolute legend. She is the truest you on Instagram and she's a holistic health coach and also runs workshops and does some guest speaking too to help women avoid burnout and comes from her own lived experience. So she can help you a lot when it comes to that kind of thing. So do check Bridget out at the truest you on Instagram and she's just another absolute legend. And finally, Zoe from Wildwood Photography, who's a newborn photographer based out of Ballarat and she creates the cutest setups of newborns in these little environments that she creates around them. So check her out on Instagram at lovewildwood. Uh, I think you'll be, you'll just be saving all of her images because they're so amazing. So thank you to those ladies. And if you haven't left a review yet on the podcast, please take your, just take a second, leave a review. You can leave your Instagram handle and your business name, and I'll be giving you a shout out in a future episode. And also a huge thank you and a bit of a shout out to the awesome crew behind Serotonin Eatery in Melbourne. Melbourne, an incredible cafe that's based all around helping us be happier, which is, of course, something I'm all for. And Susan and I sat down at Utopia Place, which is their stunning event space there. So a huge thank you to those that let us just borrow their space to sit down and record this episode. So let's get stuck in. 
So, Suze, good morning. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon, really. Awesome to see you today. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. And we're sitting here at Utopia Place, which is at Serotonin Eatery in Burnley. Pretty awesome space. It's absolutely stunning. I did just do a story on it. I'm going, <laughs> how can I use this? What is the next event that I'm going to have here? Because it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I've held one here, which is um, pretty cool. So they've kindly let us just slip into the back room here and sit down and get together and record this. So I'm really excited to speak with you. I've been on your podcast and thought it was high time to return the favor. And I know that you've got, we've kind of got to know each other over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think we met on Instagram. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I, I love like your approach to business and you're someone that I learn a lot from too so thank you first oh, of all thanks. for joining me today nice. yeah we've done a bit together haven't we you spoke at my event your podcast is still my number one oh. listen to podcast <laughs> which were the seven advanced strategies for instagram which i'm sure you can link up in the show i will do that as well because that was a good one. Oh, that's awesome. So Suze's podcast is The Brand Builders Lab. It so is. So check that out. So Suze, you're going to share with us a little bit of advice around how to play a bigger, bolder game when it comes to our brand, really. Let's kind of dive in. I'd love to start, Suze, with hearing a little bit of your backstory, because I don't know a whole lot about it either. But where did the Suze Chadwick brand come from? Where did you get started? It was a bit random, like a lot of people. I come from a HR and recruitment background at some point in sort of the early 2000s, I was working for a big four in London and we did a really big marketing and brand campaign for them, which was kind of my first taste, my first drink of the Kool-Aid, which is all <laughs> things branding and I loved it. Uh, it was, you know, strap lines and concepts and marketing speak and it was fantastic. <laughs> and it was really looking at how you put a message out there that is inspirational, that connects with your audience and attracts them to what it is you mm. want them to do and be part of and all the rest of it. Jump forward quite a while and I was back in Melbourne, back in Australia, and was heading up a large recruitment team and just thought, I, this is just not what I want mm. anymore. Okay. And I was really fortunate. I was in a meeting right just before I went on maternity leave the first time. And there was a brand consultant that was in that meeting. She was talking all things recruitment, marketing, etc. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this, like, this is what I want to do. And so after I had my first child, Sean, who's now eight, uh, turning nine this year, I contacted that consultant on LinkedIn and as you will learn if you follow me at all, <laughs> I am the queen of asking. Yeah, I will Which ask I think for anything. I love it. And we can all, and I'm like, you've inspired me. I'm like, hmm, what more can I ask? <laughs> I am leverage. One, yeah, absolutely. My mother always taught me if you don't ask, you don't get. I will ask for anything. I'm shameless. <laughs> I'm shameless, but I love it. So I just said to her, I will work for you like a day a week free of charge if you mm. teach me everything that you know. Wow. And she was an ex-Deloitte consultant uh, in the branding space and social media. And so basically one day a week for a couple of hours, I would sit on these Skype calls with her and these clients where she would do these brand strategy sessions. Mm. And I was just like a sponge. That's I awesome. Just, yeah, totally just took it all in. It was amazing. Uh, and then I had a second child and when I went back to work, I said to my boss, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. And I was just really fortunate that one of the women who were in the company was doing employer branding a couple of days a week mm -hmm. and she wanted to do what I was doing. So we did a job swap. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was just really good timing, to be honest. 
And then I pitched to the CEO that I thought that there was an opportunity for us to create an employer brand consulting division. And she said, go for it. Once again, I just asked. You don't know unless you ask. I just mm. asked. I was like, I put a proposal together. Yeah. I was like, I think we should do this. Uh, and she was like, yeah, okay. So that was like seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. So six to seven years ago. And you're still doing that role? Is that? I yeah, am. Cool. So I worked from home for the last five years. I work with clients all over Asia Pacific, mm. large corporate brands doing their employer brand, and I do it all over Zoom. Awesome. We're just in a different world now, aren't we? So I do that a couple of days a week, and then I also run the Connection Exchange, which is obviously my business, and that is coaching, training, and events for women in business. I've got an online course called Play Big Brand Bold, and that's kind of what I'm focusing mm. on now. But I was just helping girlfriends, to be honest, who Mm. wanted to start their business to create some structure and strategy around it. Mm -hmm. So things like pricing and packaging and business strategy and what the products and services that they were going to offer, I kind of fell into it. Yeah, I think that happens to a lot of us. It's I read a book, what was it called? Oh, The One Minute Commute by Robert Gerrish. And it was all about how there's like different ways that we start a business. And sometimes like people start because of circumstance, because of just chance. And I think like it sounds like both of us, we started doing stuff for friends and then that turned into doing stuff for clients and when you started out did you have a strategy that you (laughs) so I had built this consulting business in a corporate from scratch done the brand marketing strategy all the rest of it and it was going well and then my friends needed help and then they said you need to do this Mm. and I was like "Mm, well I really love it so and it's totally my jam And then they started referring friends to me and that's where my paid clients started Mm. coming from. And then I got into the networking world and I was like, don't love anything that I'm going Mm. to. So created my own. Once again, I'm like, ask for what you want and if you can't find it, create your own. That's what I did. So Mm. I started creating events. My first event, which I have shared before, was a 200 person conference so that i was gonna Messenger. ask yeah, you so that was your first one, one. <laughs> yeah yeah because you know don't don't go small no <laughs> ignorance is bliss is what i would say i was like yeah i'm just gonna throw a conference and it's gonna be epic and i'm gonna have it at circuit in melbourne because that's the most beautiful space <laughs> that i can find and who's the best speaker that i can find that's lisa messenger mm-hmm. It was full on. I had no idea. I put 42 grand on the line, which wow. was my mortgage. Can I just tell oh you? Oh my God. Yeah, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that is my advice. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, we made it happen. I Googled her email address. Wow. Like I'm like, so how do I get in touch with Lisa Messenger? Let me Google that. And Google is your best friend. I will, Google delivered. Google delivered. It was there. And I... I joke around, I was talking to somebody just before this podcast and I was like, I was so uncool. Like I wasn't like, dear Lisa. Like I was like, oh my God, I love you. You're awesome. But to speak at my event. she said yes. She did say yes. She was about a year, I think, in with the collective mm. and stuff. And it did cost me a lot to do mm-hmm. that, uh, to have her there. But it really positioned my brand and it gave me massive exposure. There were a lot of tears. And in the lead were, up oh, from like you massive okay yeah and there were moments where I said to my husband we could lose 20 grand on this like and he was just very calm very calm man and god love him he was like we will 
sort it out. Like we will work <laughs> it out. We did break even. But mm. the other thing is, is that, and I, I think that the other thing that I would say is that when you are starting a business and you are trying and testing and working stuff out, mm. some things will fly, some things will fail. And you've just got to be prepared for that. How big a risk you take is up to you. I probably was a lot more optimistic mm. at the beginning. I did get to a point where I just thought there is no way on earth I'm about to lose this money okay. from my personal family like mm. account here. And I hustled my butt off. Okay. Like there was no, I was, I was going to succeed or die trying. Okay. Yeah. So you, you saw the risk, but you were like, I'm just, that's not even a possibility. No. You're going to do everything you can. Yeah. And I think that this is like a lesson in business in general is sometimes mm. we are kind of like, well, I'll do it and we'll see what happens. You should leave no stone unturned mm. when you want to go big. Yeah. Do you think, question, because I'm kind of the same and I am a bit of a risk taker mm. and I don't really like have those backup options. I'm the same. I'm like, let's do this. I don't know like if this doesn't work, what I'm going to do. What do you say to people that maybe aren't so much like that? Because I think there's kind of those two different maybe personalities. Yeah. One is more, would you say like you're a bit of a risk taker and you, you kind of go Apparently through? Apparently so, I am. <laughs> well, putting like the mortgage on the line, let's just say probably a risk taker. Yeah. And then there's other people I find that can get caught in the thinking without doing. Yeah. And actually this might be a good time because you've got some tips like how we can... Yeah. show up get over that holding ourselves back yeah. feel more confident let's kind of like yeah. hear your tips on that because I see you Suze as someone that is quite outwardly confident like you used to do debating for the yes, state yes I used to do debating I was like 16 years old oh, yeah, and for it. me like the thought of getting up in front of people I'm getting there and it's easier you were amazing oh, you spoke at my event oh well I did go to your workshop you did go to my <laughs> about how to do that but a lot of people it just doesn't feel natural yeah. it feels super scary so yeah let's dig into the tips yeah. around what we can do around like playing a bigger game and showing up a little bolder in business yeah absolutely one of the big things and I literally was writing a post on Instagram this morning about it is that a lot of times our number one worry is that we're worried what people think mm, yeah and that's kind of what holds us back what are my friends going to say what are the people who I don't even know on the internet going to say what are my you know family going to say yeah. and we constantly live in that world mm. and I think that you've got to ask yourself you've got to start to trust yourself. Mm. And it doesn't have to be big, bold, 42 grand moves. Yeah, <laughs> let's just put that out Mortgage there. on the line. You don't need to do that. Um, I would not advise it. And I think it's just, there's a couple of things that I would say. If you want to become more confident and you want to build your business in a bolder way, then there's a couple of small things that you can start to do. The first one is recognising the behaviour. Because I think there are a couple of things that, we might be doing that one we're either unaware of or two we're aware of but we're unwilling to tackle mm. and so it could be things like i'm too scared because i am worried about what people think i feel like i don't know enough which mm. is the whole imposter syndrome thing they're better than me which is comparisonitis we all know these terms but i think until you sit down and you work out what is affecting me mm. and what am i actually struggling with and then really looking at, if I wanted to change that, what could I do? And I think a lot of times we don't ask ourselves that question. Mm. We kind of just go, that's how I am. Yeah. 
and then we get paralyzed and then we don't take action okay yeah. so recognizing like first of all what it is that's yeah, going through our head analysis like actually saying mm. and this is something that i do talk about in play big brand bold is looking firstly at where am i right now where do i want to be mm. what does it look like in between those two places and what is actually stopping me from doing that mm. and i think if you can actually start to take some time out of your business for a start and kind of really start to look at those questions mm. you will start to uncover what's going on and there's the famous five whys as well so i'm worried about what people think why mm. because i think that they're going to think i'm not good enough why well because i haven't been in the business for 20 years and you kind of just keep going mm. it's almost like you go from why to does that matter yeah i say all the time i know people who have been in certain jobs and industries for 20 years and I know somebody who's been in a similar role for two years who can wipe the floor with somebody who's been <laughs> in it for 20 years. And yeah. it's because maybe there's more innovation and more different ways of thinking mm. and more exposure to more things. So your lack of experience can sometimes be your edge. Mm. And I think a lot of times, especially for younger people or people who haven't been doing what they've been doing for long, they're like, well, I haven't got 10 years or 15 years mm. experience in that. And I'm like... Thank goodness. <laughs> well done. Because now you're free mm. of all of the things that would probably make you really conservative and constrain you. That's so true. For me, it was the same when I quit my business. Total ignorance. Like, But it was good because if I had, I don't know, I was only 25 when I went out on my own. And it probably does maybe get a little bit harder the longer you go because you learn all these things. and You've, you've got to unlearn a lot of mm. things. And I was talking to a client the other day who uses quite I guess corporate language and quite uh, formal language and I was literally like what does that mean like unless you can explain it to a 10 year old you're not there yet mm. and I think that a lot of times we need to become a lot simpler in the way that we do things and I think if you've been in corporate for a long time that's something that can be really hard mm. to unlearn and to put you in your brand yeah. I find a lot of people that come from corporate because it's yeah it's not what you're used to and it's super scary to put yourself yeah. and your photo and your own voice out there yeah. and I struggled with that as well when I first started my business because it's funny I had this conversation with uh, people who are quite senior who have left corporate and are starting their own businesses as well and a lot of times we have a brand a logo mm. to hide behind and so we'll do anything. We'll put whatever out there mm. because it's not our name. It's not our face. We are working for somebody else. Mm. And so when you start to do it for yourself, there's a whole new self-awareness and risk because you don't have a big faceless brand mm -hmm. in front of you. And so that's something that people can struggle with as well. So really taking a look, like you said, at what is it that I want to be? What is my message? Mm. What's my thought leadership? around this and actually taking the time out of your business and I think this is something that a lot of people don't take the time to do is work some of this stuff out and I think that is something that does evolve as you go in business mm -hmm. like your thoughts and processes For sure. and all of that sort of thing but I do think that it's really important and I always say I always take two days out at the beginning of every year mm -hmm. to really revisit my business so revisiting my business strategy revisiting my brand where I'm positioning myself the messages that I'm putting out other products and services still resonating with me and my audience like I think that actually taking the time out to assess all of those things 
is really important and to be really deliberate mm. in the things well, that's that the thing. you do. And it kind of comes back to who you're building your business for. You're doing it for you, you're not for anyone else. Yeah. So that's what I say when people get stuck worrying about what other people think. I'm like, you're not going to let them stop you, like build your business. So, yeah. Like you want to build something that is unique to you. You don't want to look like mm. everybody else. So having that quirky edge or doing something that is a bit different that other people aren't doing, you can try and test. Like I said, sometimes it'll fly, sometimes it'll fail. But you've kind of got to start to become okay with that. Like I said, you don't have to do that in a big way. I would just really recommend that if risk is not something that you're comfortable with, then just start doing small things. Mm. Because like they say, I have no idea who said it, but I love it. <laughs> it's like your confidence rises with small steps of courage. Yeah, confidence comes from action. Yes, mm. absolutely. And so I just think that that is something if you want to become more confident, then you've got to work out what things you want to tweak, change, try, those sorts of things. And I think it's also about trusting your gut because like you said, you've got to stand out. You don't want to look like everyone else, but it's scary because you think, oh, everyone else is doing it that way or everyone else is writing like this on social media or sharing these photos or whatever it might be. We think that must be the right way. I don't want to like stand out. I don't want to do something that's different. So I'm going to do what they're doing, but like, we've got that's to listen exactly to our gut. what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I mean, even if you think about the people, and I always use this as an example because I feel like it demonstrates it more so for people in their own minds is think of people who you follow that you love mm, exactly who are really like out there and when I say out there they may not be like extrovert I find it really funny people like Amy Porterfield <laughs> and Denise Duffield Thomas and people a lot of people I follow who have got massive followings are introverts which I just kind of think you know a lot of times they're like I'm an introvert I can't do that I'm like Brie Folio says she's an introvert mm. as well. The majority of people who have massive followings and who have big businesses are self-proclaimed introverts. Absolutely. So I'm like, that is no excuse. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so talk us through some more tips, Sue. Yeah, for sure. So I do think that obviously to try and stop caring what people think, start trusting yourself. I think that this is a big one. I have a lot of clients that kind of like, but somebody told me that I shouldn't have my pricing on my website and somebody mm. told me that I shouldn't use that as a message and somebody, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like one, who are the people that you're speaking to? <laughs> and two, what do you think? Yeah. Based on your audience, your interaction mm. with them, your knowledge of your market and your expertise from what you've learned, mm. what do you believe? What is it that you think you should do? And then try it and test it and see mm. if it works. So I think really stop, listening to everybody I think you can learn from other people mm. but then you've got to go inward and say what do I think mm. I've got to trust myself and make my own decisions and I think that the sooner that you can start to do that in your own business the better you'll be and the faster you'll grow your business because you're not looking to everybody else mm. to make those decisions for you and putting kind of a mash of different advice from different people and kind of letting that hold you back as well because it's one of the biggest things around inaction mm. is all of the voices mm. that you're constantly listening to and the people and then who, it gets overwhelming doesn't it oh my gosh that's what stops you from doing it mm. the other thing i want to say is that they are not you and they are not working with your clients and they are potentially not in your market mm. so the advice that they're giving you is very specific to them their market and what they do the other thing that i love is that so for example i like to listen to so amy porterfield's a big i'm a mm. fan girl of hers <laughs> and i want 
want to build a business like hers. Mm. So I listen to her mm. because I want to learn how she did that. Yep. So I think that you can learn a lot from different people. But if you are wanting to build a similar model to somebody, then look to people who have successfully done Study that. Study what they've done, yeah. yeah. And when I talk about playing big and branding bold, playing big is about making the conscious decision to do things that are uncomfortable every day mm. that will move you forward in the direction that you want to go. Branding bold is about loving what you put out there. Like I want to stand on the rooftops and I want to shout about it. Like that kind mm. of loving. And yeah. why do you think like people don't? Because I see that too. Like people create things, but they don't really want to talk about them. Yeah. Or you know that they're not super confident or proud of what they've done. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One, it's the what will everybody think. Mm. Like people will think I'm salesy. People won't think yep. it's good enough. So it's that comparison and it's the fear as well. Uh, but it is also sometimes lack of clarity around mm. how to talk about it. So another tip when it comes to playing big and branding bold and getting more confident is to really get clear on your message and understand what it is that you think and believe. My personal opinion is that I don't really care what people's opinions are on that mm. because this is what I believe and it's what I think. And I always joke around. I'm like, this is the hill that I will die on. <laughs> like I will, I believe in my message that much mm. that I believe in order to build a business that you love and that cuts through the noise, you have to play big, choose to show up and do things that are uncomfortable every day and brand bold, love what you're putting out there. Now, there are other people that will not believe that. Mm. And I'm like, that's fine. You're not for me. And I'm okay with that. But that is the hill I will die on. And I freaking love that. Be waving that flag. Yeah. It's what I believe. And so it's how I've built my business. Mm. And the people that believe that and want that for themselves, because remember, people buy what they want to be, do and have. Yeah. So if they want to play big, if they want to brand bold, if they want to be more confident, if they want to build a personal brand, then... They are my people. They're going to come to you. And Suze, you've been in business for years now. Do you think that has taken you some work and some time to get to that point where you're like, look, this is my message. I'm clear on it. I stand by it. Was it always like that for you or have you kind of had to work? Yeah, I mean, I think what I've worked on is the clarity of the message. Play big, round, bold. So my first epic summit with Lisa was 2015. And I knew I wanted to go big with that. I was still very much in my finding my mm. feet phase at that point. Like I knew that I was really great at business strategy and mm. I was in branding. But it was in 2016 where I got, for the next Epic Summit that we had, I got these cards made by a designer which said play big brand bold. And it was just a seed. Mm. It was just an idea. It was just a feeling that I had. And it was something that I had kind of come to me. And it wasn't That's a product really cool. or service. It wasn't mm. anything like I've just finished writing my book, which is called Play I know. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Suze has a book coming out. Yeah. And I, but the thing is, I, I feel like this is where you've got to make space to listen to yourself. Yeah. I remember like even when I started in the corporate consulting job, my boss used to say to me, Suze, now that you're in a creative space, you need to take time out like a half a day every month or a so half a day. So what do you do in that time? Days. Because I find that simply putting pen to paper to write, like, because I never do it. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as I need to figure something out, as soon as I actually, like, get out pen and paper and write down, and kind of like you were talking about writing, well, why do I think that? Yeah. It, it very quickly becomes clear yeah. and you, you realise, like, what you're telling yourself or what you need to do, like, so quickly. Yeah. So what's it like for you? Say you spend those couple of days or when you are 
go through times when you're like, look, I've got to figure this out. I'm a yeah. bit stuck. What Do you have any practices that you do? Yeah, so I'm a whiteboarder or a flip charter. So I've got a whiteboard in my office. <laughs> and I, it's, you guys are going to laugh at me, but that's okay. Because I'm here <laughs> for your amusement. Is that I do go into self-coaching. Oh. And I like totally role play. I'm like, right, Sue. <laughs> so, like, what is the problem? I'm like, okay, so we were talking about I'm mm. looking at a membership. Yeah, we're sign. actually, Susan and I are discussing some things for our businesses. So we might, yeah, we're going to, Susan's like, yeah, we totally talk about that, which is really cool. So, yeah, which is challenging things that mm. I've like, challenges that you've gone through in your business. And even when your business is going really well and you've got your products and services, there may be something new that you There's want to take There's always a challenge because yeah. we're always like, right, what's next? What's next? Yeah, exactly. So at the moment, I'm like, I know that I want this membership site. I know what I want it to be. What is holding me back is that I want it to be premium pricing, but will the market bear that? I've got all of the content for it. So really looking at all of that and saying, where am I? What's stopping me? Mm. What are the steps I can go through? I whiteboard a lot of that mm. and so or I just sit and really ask myself the question and I'm like make a friggin decision <laughs> I'm like all right what's my decision it's just like and at the end of the day you've just kind of got to go I'm just going to do it put it out there and see what happens that is like yeah such good advice because the thing is once you do it you can always change like but it's not set in stone testing trying mm. like I think if you've not figured that out yet then that is like the the gold nugget for today mm. You will test and try and work things out as you go because your market is different to everybody else's. Mm. What you do and how you do it is unique to you and how your market responds to you is going to be different. So even though Amy's been hugely successful and yes, I love her business model, what I'm offering is different to Mm. her and my market is different. So I can take a certain amount from her, but then I've got to put it out there and see what flies and what doesn't. And what you enjoy, because that's the other yes. thing. We think, oh, they're doing that. I'm, I'm going to do that. But you might not love it. Yeah. And I talk about that all the time. Like when I started my business, there were things that were hugely successful that mm. I didn't love. Mm. And then there were things that weren't as successful. But I was like, oh my gosh, I love yep. that so much. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I want to say as well is it's sticking with that one thing. Mm. I feel like because we are in such a disposable world, we sometimes do that to our business mm. where we're like, I'm going to try this and then you get crickets or you only get two people by and you're like, oh, it doesn't work. It didn't work. I've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at people who are super successful, or B-School is coming into year 10. Mm-hmm. So explain 10 B-School. For... So B-School is Marie Folio's program. It is the only paid product that she's got. She's mm. now got the copy here as well. But B-School has been her flagship. So she does free content every Tuesday on YouTube. I followed her and did B-School back in 2013, I think mm. it was. That's the one It's the one thing she, she offers, does. exactly. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we try things and because we don't have the <laughs> six-figure launch, oh my gosh, shoot me now, we are like, oh my gosh, that didn't work, it wasn't successful and it's not it was worth a failure. anything. Yeah, mm. which is, you know, even with my courses, I love them and I will continue to tweak them. But I don't have hundreds of people in them. Mm. I will yep. because I believe that and I will work my ass off to do that. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't successful. Ah. And once again, you've got to go back to what do I believe? What is the hill I'm willing to die on? What is it that I, I'm going to put everything into mm. until I can't do it anymore? I can kind of relate because for me with the Modern Marketing Collective, with my membership, I just know it's going to work. Yes. And I just know it's working and... And I think if you if people don't have the belief 
that it is going to work, then it probably won't. Yeah. I think that the mindset of it as well is where you go, instead of saying that didn't work, what you say is what didn't work. So instead of going, I'm going to paint this entire thing with one paintbrush that is this didn't work, what you do is you go in with like a little spanner and you say, don't you love my metaphor? You go in with your little spanner I think yours would be like leopard print spanner (laughs) with glitter. Yeah, my leopard print spanner and screwdriver. And you go, what can I tweak? What can I change? What worked? What landed? What didn't? You work with that. And I just think... If you want something to succeed and you truly believe in it, like you're like, I want to do yeah. this, like I really want to do this, you've got to give it time. Mm. You've got to be tenacious. I say it all the time. Mm. Tenacity in business and grit, which is the commitment and the ability to stick to something and continue to tweak and change and work on it until it becomes successful or you make a conscious decision after you have done everything that you possibly can Which is to walk away. very hard to do everything you can because there's almost always something else to try or tweak. But I think you know when you've exhausted. Like, for example, you know, if I had done Epic Summit and I had done everything day and night to make mm, that happen and I yeah. still made a loss, then that's something that I've mm, got to wear. Mm. But I knew at the end of that there was nothing else I could have mm-hmm. done. And I think that you know in yourself, really, and I think this is where that self-reflection and Mm. honesty comes in, you know how much you put into this. Mm. You know whether you've allowed what other people think to stop you, to hold you back. You know if you really did put in the work that you should have done and that you did the Insta stories, the videos, the paid advertising, the Facebook lives, Mm. reaching out to your network, network, Mm. invitation marketing, relationship marketing, Like, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think, like, I see business as kind of like a puzzle. I just love it because you're always tweaking and trying different things. And it sounds corny, but it really is about, like, the journey of it and being in it that I love. But I think as well, Suze, it's true. Like, if you are just trying and trying and it's not working, I think people can get stuck because it's almost they've built something and then they're trying to find the audience for it rather than starting with the audience's problems and then building something for them. So with Play Big Brown Bob, like I said, it started as as a seed and an idea. It became very fast a belief (laughs) that Mm. I have and that I'm willing to bet my entire business on. Mm. But I just think that you've got to make that decision as to what it is that you want it to be and then just keep tweaking and chipping away at it and Mm. and deciding is that is that what you want to hang your hat on Mm. is that what you want to kind of build Mm. and and go from there and that can take time to get to so Suze have you got any other little tippies there for us (laughs) I say you probably need a sip of your drink it's getting cold I think that I think the other thing that I would say so obviously we've talked about you know caring what people think or not caring starting to trust yourself, really exploring and seeing what works and what doesn't for you personally, mm. getting really clear on your message so that you can talk about it with confidence. Do you have a, how do people do that? Getting clear on their message. Yeah. So I think once again, it's kind of, you test it, but I always go back to, I call it my neon sign. Yep. Which is basically because I'm a <laughs> oh, neon did you, girl. There's a neon sign in there here where we're sitting. Good vibes only. Yeah. I am. I'm a neon <laughs> sign girl. 
So it's really like if you were standing there and you wanted to hang something above your head that explained to people what it is you do and who you are, what would that be? Do you want to hear mine? Yes, I do. <laughs> so mine, and it's similar. It's just kind of like keeps coming back, but mine's connection over perfection. Love it. Like it's like we're not trying to do anything perfect here. We're just like putting ourselves out there and knowing that we are enough. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be into us. I love it. But the people that connect with us are and they don't want to see us like, I don't know, everything that's like, polished and yeah. just connect and put yourself out there and that's so much better than like procrastinating thinking you've got to get things perfect before you start and mine is confidently bold branding so once again i just kind of think that when you are looking for clarity of message simplify the language is number one mm. and then can you explain it to a 10 year old mm. is number two because a lot of times what happens is that we try and be clever with our language mm. and we miss a lot of our audience or potential audience because they're like, I don't get what that means. Mm. So for example, if I was to break down confidently bold branding is that one, I want people to be more confident with how they're putting themselves out there and everything that we've talked about today kind of falls under that. Mm. Bold is a decision that you make. So some people that will not resonate for them. I have had both small business and large corporates call me and say, we want to be bold and we don't know how to. Mm. So bold as a word really resonates with some people as to how they want to show up. Bold is very much about being different, standing out, breaking the mold. Uh, that's what I reckon, owning it. Mm. Totally. And branding is what I do. So it really comes back to the whole people buy what they want to be, do and have the people that want to be bolder, that want to build their confidence, mm. then I'm the coach for them. But I also just say, if that's not you, then I'm not for you and that's okay. And I think you've just got to be okay with that as mm. well. Especially when we start our business, we think, oh, we need to be for everyone. No, yeah. Did you fall into that? No, because when I started the Connection Exchange, before I was kind of doing the business coaching side of it, I'd gone to a lot of networking events. I used to call myself the Goldilocks of networking. Because <laughs> I couldn't quite find the one that was right Aww. for me. Um, so you're like, you're kind of like taste testing. Yeah, yeah, I was just going, and I just couldn't find a fun, chilled vibe mm. with really smart women who were in business. Not to say that the ones I went to weren't good, they just weren't for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I knew that I wouldn't be for everybody. Mm, that's cool. You know, and that's okay. And mm. I think that the other thing is, is that, when I've said yes to people that aren't right for me, it's ended in disaster. Yeah. And when I say disaster, that's a bit dramatic, <laughs> but it's ended in a way that has not felt great and it's not been exactly what I want it to be mm. for them either. Yeah. So I think that this is the thing where, you know, I this is a different podcast conversation. <laughs> Let's book it in. <laughs> yeah, but I talk about, you know, really vetting. So mm. having a brand that attracts certain people like Kate, from Urban Safari is mm. a photographer and on her Instagram, she's got photography for color lovers. I know. And I'm literally like, you are talking to me. <laughs> I am your people. Hello. Whereas I'd probably be like, ooh, color for pastel lovers? Yeah. That's for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right then when you said that, I can think of like two photographers that yeah. I'm like, that's mm. their jam. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you have to be okay to make the decision. I am a business coach for doers mm. yeah so if you don't really want to do if you don't really want to show up if you kind of just don't really want to do things that are a little bit uncomfortable i'm so not the person for you and what do you do like if someone approaches you and you get that feeling that you know i will probably... literally say that mm. yeah so i will so for example i will 
have my, not script, but questions that I go through when I'm potentially looking to work with somebody, although I'm not doing one-on-one coaching anymore. But what I did do is I would say, the way that I work is that I believe in things like Insta stories and Mm. showing up and connecting with your audience in the DMs. I'm really hot on you being clear on your content pillars and talking about things that you might have struggled with as well as teaching and educating other people. Like I will give them a long list of Mm. the things that I will require from them if they really want to do what they're saying that they so want to do. So it's very clear up front yes. and then it's for them to actually go, yeah, I'm going to commit to this. Yeah, and, and that is something that I mm. do say as well. I'm like, if I ask you to do this, will you do it? Because mm. I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste your money if I'm not the coach for you because this is how I work. Mm. And I'm very clear on that. And that's the thing, Sue, is like some people will then be like, right, you're not right for me. Yeah, 100%. But you're okay with that. Totally. Because you don't want to get into a situation where you are like basically kicking somebody's butt to do something Mm. and they are not budging. It can become contentious because (laughs) they're like, well, I don't want to do it. And you can work through the confidence and we can dig deeper and all of that sort of thing. And a lot of times that's what people need and that's what they come to Mm. me for or came to me for in the one-on-one, you know, but now they're sort of moving things forward. And if they can do that, then that's Mm. awesome. But I think that they know at the beginning whether they're willing to do it or not. I quote this all the time. One of the women that went through Play Big Brand Bold, she's like, my desire for success is greater than my fear of failure. Mm, and I'm like, you are good. my person. You're my person. And so he's just to kind of like wrap that point up, it also shows that you don't have a fear of there not being enough work. No. And I've talked about this before as well is that you have to do what you have to do in your life to meet your own financial obligations. Mm. Now, if that means that you stay in your job until you get to a point where you're financially sustainable, then (laughs) that's what you do. If you want to throw it all in and give it a go and you've got clients and you're going to like work all the hours to make it happen, then that's what you do. You have to decide. Everybody is so different Mm. that you've got to choose what you do. And I was speaking at an event recently where this was a question what do I do when I need the work, but the clients I'm getting are not my idea? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'm just like, this is a choice you've got to make. You either go out and you get a barista mm. job or you do some contracting on the side whilst you take the clients you really want, mm. or you make the decision to take the client that you don't want, but you know that it's probably going to be hell along the way. <laughs> so your the choice is yours. Mm. We are all smart people who can make these conscious decisions and we can see into the future. And you'll either take the grief... Or you find an alternative. And on that, if you are just starting out, there's nothing wrong with taking a few clients that aren't right because you are building a business, but you're not sharing those case studies and testimonials or whatever they might be because you are going to share what you want to attract more of. So you can, I know a lot of people and, you know, me in the early days too, you take work that you're not putting out there on your website and that type of thing because it's not the type of work you want to be doing and want to be attracting more of. And that's totally fine too. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you've kind of got to make that educated decision because I think sometimes you can just do work that's easy for you to do, but then you can take clients that are going to be a nightmare and they're two Mm. different things. Mm. So I think that taking on work that you don't particularly love, but you can easily do and turn around and the client will be happy in order to get the money, do that. That's fine because you want to fund your business to grow it. If you're taking clients that are making your Mm. life a living hell, that's a different conversation. Mm. So yeah. 
series. Let's go get lunch soon. But I want to. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that we're going to go get lunch. Soon. I want to ask you. First of all, what, so what are you working on now? Just to finish that one, you're you're looking at potentially building a membership. We've talked about the price point. Yes. So what what's next for you on that? What are you going to do about it in terms of? Do you think you're going to go forward with it? Are you going to spend some more time looking at yeah. your target audience, reaching out to them? Yeah, so I think I'm going to have a few conversations. I definitely know I want to do it. There are a few elements of it that I'm trying to work out. Mm. So I already know that I feel like it's going to be successful. I know who my audience is for it. I think the price point at the moment is what's holding me back. So I need to work a little bit on that and have some conversations. But right now I'm looking to update Play Big Brand Bold, which is my online course. So I have retired my in-person workshops. Mm. And so I'm going to roll some of the content from that into Play Big. And we spoke about those workshops last time we met, actually, didn't we? And we're both saying, love doing workshops, love doing events, but they can take so much time and attention to actually promote and letting people know that too, because I think... People that don't run events don't realise as well that there's yeah, so much it's energy. A huge amount, huge amount. And the thing is, is that people want to buy at the last minute and all the rest of it. So there's a culture around events. And in Melbourne here, like there are so many events as well mm. that I think like I love events and I will continue to run certain events. So like my dinners and my breakfast and things like that because it's awesome for the community. But my workshops, I'm just like, you know, something I'd rather spend that energy mm. building Play Big Brand Bold and like teaching more in that. Uh, so that is what I'm doing at the moment. And I've just finished writing the book, Play Big Brand Bold. Woohoo! So I am currently submitting it to publishers to see oh. and try my hand at it. I have no idea. Like I've never written a book before. I've never published a book before. I literally looked at Google this morning as to <laughs> like I was submitting. You're like book. how to get this published, how to yeah, get a book totally. published. Well, I was, I went on to the, I've got a few publishers that I have targeted. So this is another thing. Yeah, tell us because I love shop. this. I went into a bookshop. I picked up the books that I love on the shelf and I took a photo of the front page, which tells you who the publisher was. Like inside the front cover. Front, yeah, yeah. Front cover, yeah. And so now I'm hitting those publishers up because I'm like, they print the genre, Mm. which is my book, which is a business book for women. So I was looking at who Emma Isaac used for winging it. And I looked at like other Australian Mm. books. I've got them on the list. I'm going to approach 10 publishers and figure it out. And if I can't work it out on their website, I'm just emailing them going, how do I submit like a manuscript? And then one of them that I was submitting this morning said, you need a synopsis. So I Googled how to write a synopsis for a book and now I'm writing that. So I'm just like, you know something, we're all working it out. And if you want to do something, you can figure it out. Like don't make it such a big deal. So Suze, where can everyone go to find out a little bit more about you? Well, you can head to theconnectionexchange.com, which is my website. I am on all social channels at Suze Chadwick. Uh, but I do hang out in Insta stories the most. So if you want to hang out with me there, you can. And also I have got a three-part free video training, which is brand masterclass. So you can either find that on my website, otherwise go to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash brand masterclass and you can grab that too. So Suze, you know how you were kind of talking about what would Amy do? Yeah. I think a lot of us are like, what would Suze do? <laughs> Suze would Seriously. <laughs> so Suze just gets it done. Suze Googles, Suze asks. So yeah. I think that's a good little place to leave it we'll go we're just uh in the little function space here we'll head out into serotonin get some food and um talk a bit more about what we're what we're up to or maybe not because we can't cover it now (laughs) 
But thank you, Suze, for sharing all your insights, your tips, and super excited to kind of see where you go next with your business and, um, and also with the book. Thank you. Thanks, Suze. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.